Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. Wa la aqibatu lil muttaqin. Wa la adwana illa ala al-zalimin. Wa ashadu an la ilaha illa Allah. Wahdahu la sharika lahu Rabbil Alameen. Wa ashadu anna sayyidana wa nabiyana wa habibana wa shafi'ana wa maulana muhammadan abduhu rasuluh. Al-Mab'uthu rahmatan lil alameen. Sallallahu ta'ala alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi. الطيبين الطاهرين ومن تبعهم بإحسان ودعا بدعوتهم إلى يوم الدين أما بعد My dear respected brothers and sisters in Islam السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Last night we were speaking about the ayat in Surah Al-Imran where we began from ayah 139 and we reached till ayah 142 wherein Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was speaking about the battle of Uhud and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was consoling his the Sahaba Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the noble companions about the loss that they suffered in the battle of Uhud and was informing them that this is not in vain this was a lesson for them a lesson for the communities to follow till the day of judgment that even a slight divergence from the instruction of Rasulullah can result in open victory being turned into defeat. And Allah Ta'ala talks about the nature of trials in this world that sometimes it will be going, you will have a, a, a success and sometimes there will be failure. This is the nature of the days that alternate between the people. Sometimes someone's on top, sometimes, other, sometimes they're back on the bottom. And this is uh, the way of life. Now, moving forward, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, in ayah 144, uh, mentions uh, about Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in particular, when this rumor spread amongst the companions, this false rumor, that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had passed away, had become shaheed, had fallen in the battle and many uh, of them, and we cannot blame them, they lost hope and uh, they were ready to give up their arms, they were ready to surrender, they said what is the point now, how can we continue on, what are we fighting for, our prophet has gone, our leader is gone, we are leaderless, our prophet is gone, what should we do now? And this was uh, a natural feeling that overcame them because of their deep attachment to Rasulullah and they had a terrible sense of loss when they heard that so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed these ayat on the occasion of the battle of Uhud and this is so many years this is the second year of Hijrah and Rasulullah eventually passed away in the beginning of the 11th year almost 10 years uh, or 9 years before he passed away these ayat were revealed and they foretell about Rasulullah eventually passing and uh, they are also exhorting the Sahaba that how can you give up if Rasulullah passes away even if he really did pass away, first of all, he didn't right now, but eventually when he does, you have to continue on. 
That is a message we see in these ayat. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, بَعْدَ أَنَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ بِسْمِ اللَّهِ الرَّحْمَنِ الرَّحِيمِ وَمَا مُحَمَّدٌ إِلَّا رَسُولٌ And Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is only a messenger. نَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ This does not mean that this is something less in his rank, but rather what this means is that he is not divine. He is not Allah or part of Allah. Uh, and Allah alone is the being who is wajibul wujud, who is necessarily existent and will always remain azali abadi, was always in existence and will always remain in existence. Al awwalu falaysa qablahu shay, al akhiru falaysa baadahu shay. He is the first without a beginning; no one was there before him, and he will be the last without an ending; no one will be there after him. So only Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is immortal. Regarding Rasulullah sallallahu Allah Taala says, "Inna ka mayyit, wa inna hum mayyitun. Thumma inna kum, yom al qiyamati, inda Rabbikum taqtasimun. That verily you will, uh, you will pass away. Inna ka mayyit, you will leave this worldly life. Wa inna hum mayyitun, and your opposition, your enemies, they will also uh, die for sure one day, sometime either sooner or later. You will pass away." And your enemies will pass away. ثُمَّ إِنَّكُمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ عِنْدَ رَبِّكُمْ تَخْتَصِيمُونَ Then all of you will be resurrected in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, on the day of judgment, uh, your case will be resolved. That who was right and who was false. And who was untruth and who was on falsehood. Who was right, who was wrong. We will determine that at that point. If they don't want to listen right now, they will find out tomorrow. So in that context, Allah Taala also said, "Inna kamayyit, you have to pass away." Here, Allah Taala says, "Wa ma Muhammadun illa Rasul." Muhammad Sallallahu is only a messenger, meaning he is not God, he is not uh, um, part God or any uh, has he is not divine in any in any sense. Qad khalat min qablihi Rasul. Look at the historical record. Look at the historical facts. Many other messengers before him, they have passed away. They came, Ibrahim Khalilullah came, he lived his life, he did the effort. First of all, Adam Khalifatullah came, he made his effort, and he had a long life, then he returned back to Allah. Ibrahim Khalilullah came, Nuh Najihullah came, Musa Karimullah, Isa Ruhullah, all of these Anbiya in Rusul, Ismail Zabihullah. They all came and they led their lives and they did the effort of da'wah and they returned to Allah. So likewise, Muhammad Rasulullah, he will also one day return back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. قَدْ خَلَتْ مِنْ قَبْلِهِ الرُّسُلِ Many other messengers have passed on before him. As you can see that they passed on and they returned back to Allah, so shall he return back to Allah. أَفَإِمْ مَاتَ If he ends up dying, a natural death mata means to die a natural death if he ends up dying or if he is killed in the battlefield will you turn back on your heels this is a question will you turn back on your heels and return back to disbelief return back to kufr return back to uh, despondency and return back to the ways of jahiliyyah are you going to go back because your prophet is gone then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in uh, uslub al-hakim 
in showing his style, uh, in speaking in the style of uh, of uh, the all powerful he expresses the fact that he is independent and he has no need of anyone's ibadah and if everyone turns back on their heels and gives up the deen and forsakes islam it is not going to diminish the power of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the least and it will not hurt allah ta'ala that is what allah ta'ala says wa man yanqalib ala and whoever turns back on his heels falan yadurrallaha shay'a will never harm allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the least will not harm allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at all so allah doesn't have to worry if you turn back on your heels you are the ones who are going to lose you will be the big loser not allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and those who continue on wa sayyizillahu shakirin and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward the grateful so this ayah was revealed on the occasion of the battle of uhud uh, to give a lesson to the sahaba with respect to their behavior when they heard the rumor that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi has passed away and this ayah has played a major role and became center stage once again when the actual calamity befell the ummah and the tragedy occurred when rasulullah sallallahu actually left this world so rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was sick and he asked permission from his wives if he could stay in the home of aisha radiyallahu ta'ala anha and he his sickness continued to worsen and his fever overcame him and he had a severe fever and he was taking uh, some water in a bowl and he was placing uh, his hand in the water and placing it on his forehead and he was saying inna lil mauti sakarat verily death has its pangs even the pangs of death uh, he was not spared from that he had the pain and he asked aisha radiyallahu anha mur aba bakrin fal yusalli bin nas command your father abu bakr radiyallahu anhu to lead the prayer uh, i cannot come he tried to make wudu and he be- and then he became unconscious then he tried to make wudu again he became unconscious this happened multiple times and then eventually he asked aisha radiyallahu anha to ask abu bakr radiyallahu anhu her father to lead the salah so Rasul- abu bakr siddiq radiyallahu anhu was chosen and selected by rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam to lead the prayers during his fatal sickness this was a very clear indication from rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam that he was to be the next in command and he was to be the successor in the khalifatu rasulillah the successor to rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam even the sahaba radiyallahu anhum they said afterwards if rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam had selected abu bakr to be our leader in the deen then how could we not be okay with him being our leader in the dunya as well so this is what happened when rasulullah sallallahu sickness increased and increased and finally in his last moments uh he started saying allahumma rafiq al-a'la he was granted a choice to continue his earthly existence he is the only one that the angel of death asked his per- asked permission from him should i take your soul out or and take you back to allah or do you want to continue your earthly existence so he said allahumma rafiq al-a'la that oh allah i see your companionship 
I seek your uh, your uh, your companionship, the Most High. Oh Allah, I seek to be with you. And Allahu Akbar. One of the last advices that he gave to the Ummah was as salah as salah wa ma malakat aymanukum. Be punctual regarding the salah and be kind and gentle and nice to the slaves. Subhanallah. In these two words, he advised the Ummah that there are two types of ibadat and two types of rights. One are the huququllah, the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and one is the huququl ibad, the rights of the fellow creation. So amongst the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the most important right, the first obligation that will be uh, reckoned on the day of judgment, the one who established it has established his whole deen, and the one who has abandoned it has abandoned his entire deen. And that is none other than Salah. So he mentioned Salah. And this was indicating that if you are going to be punctual in your Salah, then the rest of the Hukukullah uh, will come in due time, inshallah, under control as well. And then Rasulullah mentioned the Hukuk al-Ibad. And amongst the Hukuk al-Ibad, we have the rights of parents, the rights of the spouse, the rights of neighbors and children, rights of employers and employees, rights of the environment and animals, right? All of these rights. So he went all the way to the bottom of the social scale, the social level, and the weakest people are the slaves who have the least rights in the society. So he mentioned about the slaves and said, be kind and gentle to the slaves. The one who is a master and he owns his slave and um, he is kind and gentle with his slave, most definitely he will be nice to his parents who raised him up and to his spouse and to his children and neighbors. So that is why he said, And then Aisha radiallahu brother, he came to visit his sister and Rasulullah and Rasulullah saw that he had, it was looking at the tooth stick in his hand, the miswak. Uh, so Aisha saw that Nabi Sallallahu is looking at it intently. So she, so she said, Ya Rasulullah, I can give it to you, give it to you. So she took the miswak and she gave it to Rasulullah. So he put it in his mouth, but then it was hard. So uh, Aisha radiallahu took it. Now she had no idea that literally the clock was ticking. And these are the last seconds, last minute going in his life. So she had no idea. So she calmly chewed it. And after chewing it, she gave it back to Rasulullah And Rasulullah took the miswak and put it in his mouth. It was just about uh, to uh, begin brushing his teeth when then his hand fell down and the miswak fell down. And... He said, Allahumma rafiq al-a'la And he returned back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So he passed away In the lap of Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala anha And Abu Bakr Siddiqa radiallahu anhu Had gone off And was a little way out in the suburb of Medina When he heard the news And when he heard the news He rushed back to his daughter's home and he uncovered the face of Rasulullah and kissed his forehead. And he said, Oh Messenger of Allah, you are beautiful in life and you are beautiful in death, O Messenger of Allah. So this was such a great calamity for Abu Bakr Siddiq. 
because not only has his Rasul passed away, but not only the Rasul and Nabi for whom he loved more than his own life, and this loving the Prophet more than his own life is not only the situation of Abu Bakr or the Sahaba but in fact must be the condition of every true mu'min every true mu'min Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran An-Nabiyyu awla bil-mu'minina min anfusihim the right of the Rasul of Allah over the believers is greater than the right that we have over our own selves our own physical existence النبي أولى بالمؤمنين من أنفسهم. and رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم did not just say love me and love me as much as you want or as much as you can, but rather رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم has negated iman and he said لا يؤمن أحدكم. none of you can be a true believer. لا يؤمن أحدكم. none of you can be a true believer حتى أكون أحب إليه. Until I am more beloved to him, then his parents, then his children, then all of mankind. None of you can be a true believer. Until I am more beloved to him, then his parents, then his children, then all of mankind. This is the right of Rasulullah that we love him so much. And if we do not have that level of love for Rasulullah and attachment to Rasulullah reverence of Rasulullah respect of Rasulullah then uh, our iman itself is in question, is in danger. This is the love we need to have and this is the love we need to inculcate in our family, in our wives and children by speaking about Rasulullah with so much love talking about his sacrifices on our behalf talking about his noble seerah and in this day when we have stay at home orders and lockdown then we should take this opportunity to go through the seerah of Rasulullah with our family so that we can all be familiarized with Rasulullah and learn to love him how can we love him when we have not when we do not have knowledge about him and what he has done for us this is so greatly lacking and particularly in the Muslim nations this is part of the culture part of the society that there is some level of attachment with Rasulullah some level of, of, of love for Rasulullah is part of the environment that people grow up in and the Muslims grow up in and they inherit this culturally but those who are growing up in this land they are completely devoid of that attachment with Rasulullah and when Rasulullah is abused and Nabi is attacked his honor is attacked when cartoons are made uh, the Muslim world they arise, they raise up in rage and they defend Rasulullah and they are upset but the American Muslims on the other hand they come from such a culture where you know it's complete freedom of expression freedom of speech they, and, and the Muslim American average will say what's the big deal so what if they don't believe that they don't believe in him so that's why they're doing that it's, it's not a big deal they don't feel that personal attachment with Rasulullah how about if somebody said that about your mother, about your father, if they curse them out, then what would you respond? Would you say he has freedom of speech? Or would you feel hurt and angry and have some sense of ghayrah and honor? That how dare you say that I will not tolerate this uh, disgracing my mother and disrespectful to my father. You would not tolerate that. 
How about the attachment of the Rasulullah Where has that gone? So this is something that we have to work extra hard in developing within our family and within our children. So Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu, he loved Rasulullah so much and he loved him more than his parents and children and all of his family. So he had a great tremendous tragedy that he lost his Rasul and on top of that he was his personal best friend from childhood. Even before prophethood he was his best friend. And after prophethood he was his dear companion in journeys and at home always by his side and on a personal at a personal level his young teenage daughter uh, had become a widow her husband had passed away and this itself is such a tragedy if a person's young daughter becomes a widow uh, then his back would be broken from the grief of, of of his daughter to see his daughter as a widow and his daughter Aisha had become a widow so he had so much personal tragedy but Arhamu ummati bi ummati Abu Bakr radiyallahu ta'ala an Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said the one who has the most mercy and concern from my ummah from my entire ummah is Abu Bakr Siddiq radiyallahu ta'ala anhu so he went to the Masjid al-Nabwi and he forgot about all his personal tragedies and losses and he said this is the time that I have to guide the ummah and I have to console them on the other side the second one who is the second of this ummah and right beneath the station of Abu Bakr is the, sta- is the station and maqam of Umar radiallahu anhu is the position of Umar radiallahu anhu look at the vast gap between the first position and the second position right there you can see the gap is that Umar radiallahu anhu with all due respect was not able to handle the tragedy very well at all and he was so overcome he was so overcome he was in a state of shock and in, in the initial state he was in a state of denial he was denying that Rasulullah passed away. He just did not want to believe it. The reality had not sunk into his brain. So he was uh, very upset. And he went on to the member of Masjid Nabi and he said, Muhammad has not passed away. This cannot happen. He has not died. And he said that he's just gone for some time to meet his Lord and Rabb and he will come back. And whoever says that he died, then I will chop him off. And I will, uh, I will, uh, I, I will deal with him with my sword. He was uh, saying things like that, and then Abu Bakr Siddiq al-Darna came onto the scene, and he saw what is going on, and he took over the scene. He came onto the member and asked Umar al-Darna to calm down and come down, and then he get, get came onto the member, and then he recited those immortal words, and he said, "Ban kana yabudu Muhammadan, fa inna Muhammadan qadmat." وَمَنْ كَانَ يَعْبُدُ اللَّهِ فَإِنَّهُ حَيٌّ لَا يَمُوتِ That let it be known that whosoever was worshipping Muhammad as his Rabb and his Lord and he made Muhammad his God then let him know that his God has died. And on the other hand whoever was worshipping Allah then let him know that Allah is حَيٌّ لَا يَمُوتِ is eternally alive will never die. Allah is eternally alive will never die. So let him take consolation from the fact that Allah is still there. Allah is there and is, and is going to continue to always be there with His same power and grandeur and all of His attributes. Yes, Muhammad Wasallam was mortal. He passed away. And at that point, he recited the same ayah that we're talking about tonight. Ali Imran, ayah 144. And he repeated this ayah from the member of Masjid al-Nabawi. And he recited, بَعْدَ أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ وَمَا مُحَمَّدٌ إِلَّا رَسُولٌ قَدْ خَلَتْ مِنْ قَبْلِهِ الرُّسُلُ أَفَإِمَّا تَأْوَقَتِ لَنْ قَلَبْتُمْ عَلَىٰ أَعْقَابِكُمْ 
ومن ينقلب على عقبيه فلن يضر الله شيئا وسيجزي الله شاكرين and Muhammad sallallahu is but a messenger other messengers have passed away before him if he dies or if he is killed will you turn back on your heels and whoever does so and turns back on his heels he will never harm Allah in the least and Allah will reward those who are the grateful ones and Umar radiallahu anhu narrates that when he recited this ayah of, uh, it uh, started penetrating my mind and I felt like this is the first time in my life that I'm hearing this ayah of course he was a hafiz of the Quran he was a alim of the Quran and he knew uh, 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 the depth of all of the revelation he himself was present in the battle of Uhud he was present when this ayah was revealed but he had forgotten all of that because of the tragedy and when this ayah was repeated by Abu Bakr Siddiq anhu, Umar anhu says I felt like it was the first time I'm here in my life and then the reality sunk into my mind that yes it is true he has died and I crumbled down onto the ground this was the greatest tragedy ever that befell the ummah and the ummah still recovered from that tragedy and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not only granted recovery to the ummah but rather the ummah became strengthened under the leadership of Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman and Ali the Khulafa Rashidun and the true glorious era uh, that is unmatched and unparalleled in the annals of history uh, it uh, unfolded during this glorious time of the Khulafa Rashidun the rightly guided Khulafa they took the Ummah to greater and greater heights and success in all fields. And this is a reminder for us that sometimes we feel that, you know, we are in difficult times. So many tragedies have befallen the Ummah. But there is a consensus of the scholars that the greatest tragedy that could ever befall the Ummah is the tragedy of the passing away of Rasulullah And if the, if, uh, the Ummah can recover from that tragedy, they can recover from any tragedy it is up to us though that we follow the footsteps of the sahaba and how they implemented the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and how they held fast to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and kept that as the top priority and strove for the establishment of the deen in themselves and in the entire dunya if we follow in their footsteps then we can recover from any tragedy but if we become despondent in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is kufr Allah Ta'ala says وَلَا تَيْأَسُ مِنْ رَوْحِ اللَّهِ فَإِنَّهُ لَا يَيْأَسُ مِنْ رَوْحِ اللَّهِ إِلَّا الْقَوْمُ الْكَافِرُونَ And do not give up hope, completely become despondent in the mercy of Allah for only those who are the disbelievers, they are the ones who give up hope in the mercy of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So no matter how difficult the trials may be, no matter how difficult the conditions may be, we always have to have hope in Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and rely on Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have tawakkul on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and continue to strive and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can grant us victory and success and this is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted success to the sahaba after the greatest tragedy of the passing away of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us strength and fortitude from these ayat and grant us the ability to be inspired by our sahaba of Rasulullah and how the noble companions continue the effort of deen May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to continue to do the effort of deen as well and join us up with them in their company inshaAllah in Jannatul Firdos in the Akhirah. Wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.